So many of you listening have been on the receiving end of faith-based family rejection. Maybe because you are part of the LGBTQ plus community, maybe because you support and affirm someone who is, or maybe just because you're deconstructing from false religious beliefs. Well, the truth is that this rejection has nothing to do with you and speaks volumes about the people treating you this way. Today, we share with you a very special intimate letter written by someone to all the family members who rejected them. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down? Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We are so very glad you're here, really. My name is Robert Cottrell, and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. Good to uh, be here. Yeah, it is. And again, welcome. Uh, please subscribe if you would. If you haven't already already done that, if you would follow or subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, we would really appreciate that. This is a very special episode. I was really moved as we were working on this, and I was reading the letter we're going to share with you today. Again, it's a very, very special episode. So many of you listening to this, I know, have been on the receiving end of family rejection. That's usually faith-based family rejection. That's just the stats there. And now this may be because you're part of the LGBTQ plus community or because you support and affirm someone who is, or, or maybe even just because you're deconstructing from those, those deadly false religious beliefs. First and foremost, we want you to know some things. First and foremost, that rejection is indefensible. Don't care what they say. Don't care the reasons they give. It is indefensible. And it has nothing to do with you, but it speaks volumes about them. You are beloved, period. Don't ever forget that. You are beloved, period. Any message other than that is an absolute lie. Well, today, we, with permission, of course, we want to share with you a letter written by someone, and it was an open letter written by them to all the family members who rejected them. Let it speak for you. Share it if you want to with your family members. And let it confirm that you are on the right side of all of this. However it impacts you, just breathe it in. Just take it in and let it do its work. So what we're going to do is we're just going to read this letter. Susan's going to read the letter. And we might talk about it a bit as we go, or maybe a little bit after, or we may just really, we just want to let it stand on its own. Yeah? So yeah. you're just going to read the letter okay. straight out, yeah? And then we'll, if we want to say anything, we'll we'll clearly stop and... Talking that okay. you're going. Okay. All right. This person introduced the letter by saying this. This is an open letter addressed to the people of my family who have rejected me and have shown hatred to me. And if you know someone this applies to who's not on Facebook, share it with them. Mm. Dear family, it's funny. We were taught to help each other. When possible, I was there to help you, whether it was a physical need or just to sit and talk. Family was there when people went through divorce, drug addiction, loss, and many other things. But the moment I was having a problem struggling with who I was, where were you? You said terrible things. You threatened and ran. Hmm. Jesus taught that there are two commandments we should live by. 
You should love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's from Mark 12. Let me expand just a moment on that. And Jesus, don't forget, Jesus said everything else is wrapped up in that. And if you and you can't do one without the other. Yes. You know what I mean? So yes. it is all about love. It is all you need. Yeah. So okay. To love God is to love your neighbor and vice versa. Yeah. And so. everything else stands falls under that. So back to the letter, yeah? Yeah. Okay. How can you love God when you hate someone and treat them with disdain? Did you know that one must be able to love themselves before they could love someone else? Did you even stop to think about what I was going through? Hating myself? How could I love others when I hated who I was? To love others and love God? One must love themselves. It took a whole year to understand that. You did not stop to ask questions. You did not want to understand. You went directly to hate and disowning me. If you had stopped and actually listened, you would have found out that I was struggling with this my whole life and only now was figuring it out. Because of you, I ran away from the one thing that would have helped. I ran away from God. At first, I prayed God would take this problem away from me. I didn't want this struggle. But between me running from God, because I'd been taught that God hated me because of this, and begging to make it go away, God made things easier. God placed the people I need in my path. My boss, my hairstylist, and my priest were all there when I needed them the most. But the people I really wanted to turn to were not there. My family, except for a very few. Thanks to God for being there because God put a whole new family in my path that had open arms for me. That was my new church family. They did not judge me. They welcomed me home. Hmm. I want to say one thing real quick. If you're listening to this, a couple of things. If you're listening to this and you feel alone, uh, if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, and you have been on the receiving end of this rejection, we do have some great chosen family resources. Just connect with us yeah. at freedhearts.org and we'll get you, uh, get you all plugged in to yeah. that. I have learned a few things from coming out. One of those is that you should listen to both sides of the story before you make a decision. If you don't, you're deciding by hate. You hated me without even listening to me. It came down to death or becoming the person I needed to be. And you didn't hear that. Some of you said my therapist was the problem. Or you were never like that before. Why now? And the response that hurt the most was silence. When you are cut off from family, it is like losing a limb or the death of someone you love. You become a person without a family. No backup no one to call for help, no one to cry to. I was told that God does not make mistakes, so I should live with what I have. But what about the baby born with a cleft palate? Do you fix it or leave it the way it is because God doesn't make mistakes? What about the child born with a missing limb? Should they get an artificial limb to help through life? Or do you just say, you have to live with it? The same thing for trans people. 
We didn't change because it was a fad. We did it because our brains are wired to be the opposite of what we were born as. No one wakes up one morning and says they want to be an outcast, disowned by their family, and have their life threatened. We do this to be a whole person, to love ourselves. One of the stickers I received from my church says, if it's not about love, it's not about God. How is disowning a family member love? How is hating them love? Jesus taught love for everyone. Jesus did not leave anyone out. Even the eunuch was accepted by Jesus and God. The eunuch was forbidden from even entering the temple. He couldn't associate with others. He was an outcast, but God welcomed him. If God can love me for who I am, why can't you? I want to share a few quotes from a book I'm reading. It's called Reading the Bible from the Margins by Miguel Adela Torre. It says, If a biblical interpretation leads to the death of a segment of society, we can assume that such a reading is non-biblical in the sense that it does not describe the will of God. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Simply put, if a biblical interpretation prevents a life from being lived abundantly by a segment of the population, or worse, if it brings death, then it is anti-gospel. That's really brilliant. You really know, brilliant. That's really brilliant. Yeah. All right, back to the letter. Yeah. How do you justify your hate through the Bible? Jesus never said, love your neighbor except you're to love everyone. We were put on this earth to love each other and bring those who are valued as less than, less than us, to be even with us until all are equal. It seems each generation has their boogeyman to hate and justify it through the Bible. In the 40s, 50s, 60s, hate was aimed at African Americans. In the 70s, it was gays and lesbians. Now it's transgender people. All these groups have had the Bible used as a weapon against them. God never meant God's word to be used to preach hate. The sole purpose of God's word is to teach love, how we forget that when it suits us. Another thing I learned was that you know who your friends truly are. You have fair weather friends and rainy day friends. Fair weather friends are there for the good times and what you can do for them. They don't stick around for the tough times or when you need help. Rainy day friends are the ones you can count on all the time no matter what is happening, they look past the outside and see your true self. By coming out, I saw who my rainy day friends were. Surprisingly, most of you were not on that list. Out of the lot of you, I can count on my fingers how many stayed and still have fingers left over. Just so you know, the person on the inside did not change. Only the outside is changing to match the person on the inside. One time I was asked, how do you know? The best way to answer that is with another question. How did you know you were left-handed or right-handed? You just know something's wrong. Some figure it out sooner than others. All you have to do is ask me and I will share with you. I am no longer ashamed of myself. I will close this by leaving you with two things to consider. First, Matthew 7, 1-5. Judge not so you won't be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured out to you. 
And why do you notice the speck in your sibling's eye, but no, don't notice the beam in your own eye? Or how will you say to your sibling, let me pull out the speck from your eye, all the while a great beam is in your eye? Hypocrite. First take the beam out of your eye, then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your sibling's eye. Funny how easy it is to judge someone who is not like you. But is that truly the love Jesus talked about? The second is this. If God did not want me to change, then why am I happier? Why am I no longer contemplating taking my own life? Why am I more active, both in church and in social gatherings? If God didn't want this, why didn't God answer my prayers of stopping this by saying no? God has a plan for me, and I'm going along for the ride until the end. God loves me, and I love God. I can say this because now I love myself. And don't take this the wrong way. I don't hate you. I just feel sorry for you. Last night, we had a service at church called Christmas in a Minor Key for those who have had a hard time during the holidays. During the service, we lit candles for others. I lit a candle for you and asked God to help you understand. Wow. Oh, thank you to the writer of that letter for sharing that. It's beautiful. I don't want to say much more, and I don't want to get in the way of that. Nope. I do want to kind of repeat a little bit what they just said yeah wrote at the very end and that if god didn't want me to change then why am i happier yes and i think one of the things way back we talked about the things that can move people's hearts on this and one is the impact of the message that's being given and when you look at lgbtq plus people who are accepted and affirmed as they are for who they are you will see a lot of joy and a lot of happiness and a lot of hope for life. When you look at people who have not been treated that way in that community, who have been rejected mainly by this faith-based family rejection, it's where you see, and again, study after study after study, depression, self-harm, substance abuse, suicide, all of these things. Yeah, And that, it's just, There has to be, that has to be a huge indication to us of what the truth of these messages are, the impact of these messages are. Mm -hmm. So I want you to to remember that. Um, I want to close with this again. And please feel free to share this uh, with someone, this episode with someone that you think needs to hear it. Family rejection is indefensible. Faith-based family rejection is indefensible and has nothing to do with God whatsoever. And it has nothing to do with you, but speaks volumes about the people who are rejecting you and treating you this way. You are beloved. You are perfectly imperfect and imperfectly perfect. Any message other than that is an absolute lie. Don't ever forget that. We love you, beloved. We love you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www 
www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.